I'm your host, Ethan Schneider, alongside Derek Hegna. Hey, hey, everybody. How are we doing? And this is the Rebel Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by the Rebel Report. All right. So it's been a little while. It has. It has. I wasn't going to mention it, but yeah, we kind of had that hiatus. Veterans Day weekend. I know about the uh, Grassman bit from Checkpoint XP. Yeah, well, what what can I say? Sometimes, you know, you just got to be the best and show up and show out, you know? (laughs) Sometimes that even includes figuring out what grass is fluffiest to sleep on. I mean, hey, 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 hey. I mean, um, no one's going to judge you, to this, be fair. This, this, Some grass looks very true. good to sleep Th- on. This is not a video game podcast in any way, shape, or form, but I will say this. The grass from Gary's Mod, if you look at it, that literally looks like a reskin of the carpet my grandma had in her house. And for some reason, it just reminds I just got an instant memory of just, hey, I'm just going to sleep on the floor on the carpet, and it was super comfy. Sometimes you just find inspiration from the weirdest places imaginable. Exactly. And for more of all these hot takes served over ice, <laughs> so they're cold takes now, but all these cooled off, you know, chilled hot takes, come over to CheckpointXP.com on campus. Uh, CheckpointXP on campus and visit CheckpointXP.com. They're not sponsoring this, so. Yep. And now with the shameless <laughs> plug-in out of the way, let's yep. uh, get into the news. Heck yeah, my dude. So really, this this week, these past couple weeks have been like some of the most groundbreaking and fair to say controversial times yeah, in about, wrestling. I was about to say, there have been a few hot button issues, especially hot in button. some- Oh yeah, very true. They're too hot. And too I, hot to handle. And I guess to start off with something that, you know, just something fun, something positive- Something hip shaking, something knee quaking, you know, something powerful. Gonna go on to the new day, launching their new podcast, Feel the Power. Makes sense. You can't see it right now, but we're both swiveling our hips right now, just feeling that power of positivity. It's just rushing through the room as if. It- like a ghost almost i uh, i don't know why i'm just doing like what uh kofi and them do on on their promos just with the hands just being like yeah yep i don't know what i'm doing embracing the uh energy from uh the try not to laugh smosh video that kofi and uh xavier woods did not too long ago oh yeah i saw that video it's actually kind of funny I've watched that video like more times than I care to share, but yeah. it's a great video. Yeah, I don't care much for Smosh, at least not as much as I used to, but it's good. But anyway, we digress. We digress, and honestly, it's just the launch of a new podcast, and I feel like it's going to be great. I love the new day. I love what, what, what they're all about, and I feel like it'll be great for them to get into the podcast fear. If it, as it is, yeah, it makes sense because obviously Xavier Woods has up, up, down, down his own YouTube gaming channel, and a lot of WWE superstars make cameos on that. And what I find that's actually really nice is that WWE seems to be more willing to go into this area. They know that podcasts are now starting to become a trending form of media, and they're starting to get into that. They have after. The bell like they have after, it's called after the bell by with Corey graves right yeah they have that now and they also end up having uh the new days podcast now which starts in december 
if I remember. Yeah. Hey, that rhymes. What do you know? Anyway. But anyway, it's good seeing that WWE is willing to start branching out into more, I guess, spheres of media. Yeah, I know. And I think it was just recently, too, that they had – they launched a new podcast initiative. Yeah, like on the network, right? Yeah, I think think you're right. And I think it's going to be interesting, too, because not only do we have the New Day – having their podcast but we also have the broken skull uh almost a challenge but broken skull conversation very, i guess with steve austin very true and i feel like it's very interesting now that uh there's just so many new podcasts coming up and steve austin has had his had had eh, i can't talk right now has his podcast already but i feel like bringing him back onto the network and also having this new show it's gonna be great and who knows who else they're going to bring. Uh, Renee Young actually has her own podcast, and she's still under WWE contract. She's also the WWE backstage host now, but I think that that doesn't stop her from really going into that field, I would think. And who knows? If there's someone that WWE thinks can handle their own in a podcasting role, then go for it. Okay, right now, who do you think, out of uh, the current roster, who do you think would have a good podcast? I'd love to see a Miz podcast. I was just going to say that, too. I'd love to see it. That would be awesome. The man's probably the best natural talker in the entire WWE right now. Oh, no. The Miz is amazing, and I could go on and on about The Miz. And honestly, it would just be awesome. No pun intended. You sure about that? Okay, maybe a little bit. No pun intended? But, no, The Miz is a good shout. And I I really – I don't know why, but I think having – Drake Maverick and EC3 have a podcast. Ooh, that would, would be great. Be interesting. It would be very fun. I can see the dynamic between those two already. Oh, yeah, I know. It would be great. And I would just love to see that. And now, kind of switching gears almost, because this week has been so crazy that oh, yeah. I think another big story to come out during our little hiatus was Cody Rhodes filing new trademarks with AEW and I just want to get your take on this like I'm pretty sure you've seen the list and you've seen who and slash what they trademarked and I just want to get your take on this yeah dude. I saw blood and guts and that seems kind of interesting to me oh that's it gonna makes, be great it makes sense especially if AEW is trying to be this edgier product which from what we've seen over the first few months of its existence it sounds like that is what they're ultimately going for I would think. So obviously they'd have to get uh, the okay from the higher ups and everything. But I think that every trademark they're doing is going to be a pay-per-view name or a big event name. I don't exactly know what the full extent is going to be because I remember that they got the trademark out for uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite way back. And that was months before we even heard that it was going to be, there was going to be a weekly television show. It was going to be called Wednesday Night Dynamite, so on and so forth. But that's my personal opinion. I think that's it's good that they're still trying to branch out and figuring out ways to add new events. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's cool, too, that Cody and the Elite are just kind of going back to the roots of wrestling in tnt wrestling on tnt and what better way to like have a throwback than have literally one of your episodes of dynamite be dyna- what better way to have a throwback 
to WCW than have one of your episodes literally be titled Bash at the Beach. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I saw I, that, too. Like one, I can't wait. Like, one show in Miami, I want to say, and then yes. the next week it will be on Chris Jericho's cruise. Oh, that's going to be and fun. And that sounds amazing to me. I really hope they tie the cruise ship in as, like, its own separate – I, hope I guess so. pay-per-view because it's like it's it would be their, great it's their own thing and honestly i wouldn't mind if it became an almost annual tradition or the all it, elite cruise line pretty much yeah just have one of like obviously it you got to be all about novelty when you're a new program and i think that's right aw is doing with stuff like that plus you have chris jericho so double double your pleasure oh no true and it's going to be amazing and there's also an argument too, like they. There's also the argument that they really shouldn't have those throwbacks to WCW. But in reality, like, how many people, re- in how many people actually remember some of the names? Because like, looking at some of the names right now, like, you have Bunkhouse Stampede, you have Battle Bowl, you have the Match Beyond. I feel like the only people who really remember those are people who, like us who are really deep into yeah. wrestling. And besides, so, WWE did something like that with Clash of Champions, and there's also a Starcade that exists. Right, and I think, so, and I think, like even though these are old names, that these could be new again, and these could be like have their own new existence. Because we saw with War Games, I never thought we would get too. War Games back in like 2019 or at least in 2016. Yeah, and they've been really good, all of them. And I think that also, it's just going to be good for wrestling. But the biggest trademark, though, to come out of, like, the whole list and just this week, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, yes. And this has led to, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but Cody Rhodes posting, well, time to buy another suit. And then it was, like, something Pettyville. And I'm just like, uh-oh. It, and my first thought was, is WWE really going to sue AEW and the cons and Cody over Literally trademarking his dad's character. I mean, I guess in hindsight, it was kind of obvious that there'd be a little pushback because Dusty Rhodes was a key figure in building NXT into what it is. They have the Dusty Rhodes tag team champion tag team tournaments. And I mean, I guess in a way it makes sense, but it also sounds really dumb on WWE's end. Because it's still Cody Rhodes' dad, ultimately. He has some kind of, uh, what's the word I'd be looking for here? He has, pull? Yeah, same kind of pull that's, or at least in theory. Right. And it just goes back to the whole Rhodes name. Like, I'm glad Cody has his time away. He kind of separated from the whole Rhodes name. And he's kind of like become his own character and person. But it's just a part of me that feels like there's still something missing from him. And I feel like having the trademark back to his dad, even though it was like he's not calling himself Cody Rhodes, but having the Rhodes trademark back in some way, it's kind of like almost uh, him taking a bit of himself back from WWE that I feel like they've held had a chokehold on. And supposedly, too, like the reason for this trademark was – they're going to allegedly Cody Rhodes is going to have like that, I guess a autobiography or a biography on his dad, which I'd be interested to read. Yeah, I would be too, to be honest. Oh no, for sure. And 
really we could all hope for the best and really look towards the future with all these different shows and copyrights and hopefully hopefully nothing more comes out of the lawsuit but i guess is only waiting and seeing right that is true and then speaking of aew and just i guess the, going to the wesley night wars round what is it five i guess uh, i mean probably like round six or seven i think but it's getting up there it's Pre- getting up there. pretty soon it's going to be like hopefully like they're still around but it's gonna be like all right we're on round 300 oh what's this episode but no for the first time this week nxt has beaten aew in the ratings i just want to get your take on this i mean it sounds to me like the big reason for that was because nxt brought all of the wwe stars and wwe highlighted this to no end in the build-up to this week's episode like they said oh look at all the guys who are going to show up this week on nxt you have seth rollins you have guys like ricochet you have guys like drew mcintyre guys who were basically in nxt that was their stomping ground back before they even made their main roster debuts but the problem that I think WWE has is how can they sustain that level of uh, sustain that level of viewership? Because you buoyed you basically buoyed yourself with the big main roster guys like right. Seth Rollins. So now that all of a sudden, once Survivor Series ends, if the NXT invasion does continue, what happens then? Like, is this just going to become a regular thing, in which case viewership's going to start gradually dipping after a little while? Or are we just ending it there and then and then viewership starts gradually dipping? Yeah, and I it's think... It's a problem. Right. And I think naturally, though, each company will plateau and each show will like have its, I guess, standard audience numbers. I think so, But too. just to give context, like, this is not like some big groundbreaking, like, oh... NXT just jumped over AEW. This was like NXT drew like around 916,000 while AEW Dynamite drew 893,000. And the big takeaway from this, though, is the main demographic that really boosted NXT above was the older demographic. Like, I guess what you would call now the boomers. But they really pushed NXT above AEW. And I feel like it's just very interesting because I normally don't think older people will be watching NXT, but I guess, like to your point, bringing some of those names in really helped them this week. Yeah, it it matters, especially if you're trying to win viewers, because once you have those bigger names, you have that star power pushing your show, it's very difficult to take that away and that's probably the same idea that uh, smackdown went to with fox that's why they got guys like roman reigns bray wyatt's all those brock lesnar before he ended up jumping ship right so it makes sense in a way i just think like you like to your point it's just gonna be wait you just have to wait and see like where each company does or what each show is doing after survivor series and after well AEW doesn't have a pay-per-view, but like just after Survivor Series, you see like where NXT lies. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting. And if this is a sign of things to come, who knows? Like I'm not going to say sit here and say, oh, this is going to be the end for AEW Dynamite. But oh, just like yeah. it's just going to be interesting to see like 
can they continue can. to at least nudge themselves a little bit above? Because for, for me personally, I love both shows, but there's something just about NXT where like the match quality, like everything makes sense. Yeah, that is so true. So it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this run of NXT being on top of AEW is just one week only. And I also wouldn't be shocked if it lasts for a few months until AEW does some next does the next crazy stunt they pull. I think a real test would be if there's both an AEW show and an NXT show going head to head. Because I would love to see those numbers. Like a pay per view? Yeah. Yeah. Like those and, would be interesting. And they what well, I want to say like Full Gear was on a Saturday, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. So um it would just be interesting to see like if let's say there was a takeover, a takeover media would be good too. Like if this was like the shows before like WrestleMania weekend, I would love to see like what those numbers would be. But I guess that's looking too far into the future. Yeah. Even if that will happen. We'll wait and see on that. Right. It's just interesting. And moving on to, I don't want to say like the ECW in this situation, but more towards like the more independent of like the big two, like the more indie scene, like, with Ring of Honor, and just gonna come out and say it: Ring of Honor allegedly firing, or not allegedly, alle- actually firing, actually firing Kelly, Kelly, Klein. Kelly Klein. And to me personally, I'm just gonna get this out there: I like going to AEW, uh, AEW, Ring of Honor shows. I went to Death Before Dishonor this this year, and it was great. And I have nothing but good things to say about Ring of Honor shows, but. Just the decline of just what they're doing to their talent is just, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, I mean, this has been the big problem, I think, that ROH has had is that talent is starting to leave them. I mean, Will Ospreay is now full-time in New Japan. They've lost a couple of guys along the way. And something interesting that I found is there are guys who who are on expiring contracts, Marty Skrull, I think it's safe to say this is probably his last run with yeah, ROH. Yeah, it's supposed to be like this This he, month is his last month. Yeah, he's probably heading off to AEW, I would say. Even if he's not part of the Elite, he's still something New that Japan, they America. definitely need. That'll be good. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And then there's also Jeff Cobb, speaking of right. Japan, since he's, said, he's been on record saying he'd love to uh, do more things there. Then there's also Bondito, but his brother... Actually, no, Rush's brother's Dragon Lee. What am I talking about? But either way, we don't know what he's going to do. He could go to WWE, really boost the um, cruiserweight division in NXT. He could go to AEW conceivably. He could go to Impact, back to Mexico, maybe even to Japan as well. And then there's also Brody King, who I I personally like Brody King. I I really think he's – I've become a real big fan of him over the last several months He's like, I don't want to. This may sound weird and controversial, but he's not. It's almost like he's like this new, era, like this era's Samoa Joe. How he was in Ring of Honor. Ooh, like high he, praise. Oh yeah, no, he, he's just he's this underrated talent there, and I feel like he should be higher up in the company. But just going to Ring of Honor is just really this whole started with just them fought with Joey Mercury being let go and just him just basically saying like Ring of Honor doesn't care. And I want to say, or well, they don't care about their talent. And really, I feel like that shows, like, with the stuff that Kelly Klein was going through, like, having that post-concussion syndrome and just, like, having all those symptoms, 
and just being let go. It's just really now this she's not officially gone. Supposedly, like they're gonna wait her wait out her contract, but I mean, what do you do to that division? Like literally, that's your champion. It's always like the equivalent of, or at least one of your top performers. Right. It's like the equivalent of it's the equivalent of like Becky Lynch go being like, all right, I'm done. I'm still champion, but after I'm backing out after like a couple months, I'm gonna be gone. It's like, what do you do? Well, obviously, you vacate the title, but it's just supposing yeah. she was really liked her and. Her and Mercury were just really like backstage, so this must be a huge hit for morale. And it's almost yeah, like I mean, a sign of things. If to I'm come. someone who's wrestling in ROH, I say I like the people that I work with, but the people in charge are starting to worry me. Like, do they actually care about me? Am I just going to be kicked to the curb once my next contract's over? Should I be looking for other options? It's just not a good time, especially since ROH is pretty much beefered. Or, or possibly the fourth, depending on how you see Impact Wrestling. Right. Depending, like, if you're a company in either of those spots, then I don't think you're in a position to really do that kind of stuff to your talents. Do you think we would see, and this sounds weird to speak out loud, but do you think we'll see Rig of Honor in, like, the next five years? I think so. I, I mean, it survived being this tiny indie promotion for so long that i think they'll find ways but i wouldn't be shocked if they have to rely more on building this new wave of talent up maybe a little faster than they intended like what do you think they would have to do though to keep building it up like besides building up their own talent but just what do you think they would have to do to just i guess move past this um, I think they probably have to look back into getting the specialty matches altogether, like the ladder wars. I think that you could bring those back and then you can get basically figure out ways to really drum up interest. I would say figure out what wrestling fans really want from their wrestling in 2020 and then just go from there. Right. And Granted, it probably sounds a lot more complicated than making it sound. Oh, no, for sure. Fans have said, but fans have basically shown you that if you listen to them, they will help you. Oh, no, definitely. And I guess to me, being to like the couple of Ring of Honor shows I, I have been to, it's just the atmosphere is always great there, even though it's smaller, like way smaller for like what essentially is like almost like the third company i guess in like the whole grand wrestling hierarchy but the fans are passionate they ultimately at the end of the day no matter what wrestling promotion fans like fans always care about the wrestlers and want to see the wrestlers treated right and i feel like right now ring of honor is in a position where there's just something behind the scenes going on that needs to change almost like a cultural change and to me personally i feel like the one way that ring of honor could fix this is having i guess more sensitivity training in a way where it's just more or i guess that's the wrong term but it's more um a different shift a tonal shift is what i'm trying to say like a tonal shift backstage to where stuff like this can happen where it's like there's more oversight it almost feels like a management issue, and yeah. I hate to say it, but it's like one 
one big change I think that will be beneficial for Ring of Honor would just be maybe just have a change of management. Possibly. I mean, basically, I think that they just need to be more aware of everything because having something like this, I don't think that ROH can handle one or two more of these. Like, you basically have to say, okay, this was wrong of us. This is what we're going to do from now on to figure this out. We're going to listen to concerns of the wrestlers, and we'll see where everything goes. That's uh, that's basically what I think has to happen. I think that eventually, if things do keep going wrong and incidents like Klein's end up continuing to happen from time to time, then they might just have to hit, break the glass in case of emergency and change things up. And this is not to break the glass like to sing Steve Austin's coming, but just the emergency glass. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and uh, it's such a shame because they arguably have one of the best rosters, I think, in wrestling right now. Like one of the strongest. They have one of the best tag teams. They have some of the best singles competitors like for their in their like upper card. That's true. And it's just a shame. And from like those changes and to this is just I don't know, something needs to change. Yeah, I do agree with you there. And so next next up and there's no other way to say this. This is just a tonal shift. But ACH formerly known as Jordan Miles, released from WWE. And I am glad for him. And I, this is a very sensitive issue. And the whole reason, like, this is so controversial, like, earlier, I want to say this month. Is that fair to say? Like, earlier, like. It was this, it was either this month or late last month, I want to say. But either way, like, the time frame's about, right? And, like, a couple weeks. Like, yeah. I feel like it's been, like, a couple with. weeks ago that a shirt was released for him. Jordan Miles, and it was just black shirt, red outline of his name, and like a smile, and that's obviously blackface. Like, there's yeah, no like debate, debate around that. Some kind of racist caricature. It was tone deaf. It was uh, ill-conceived. Whatever word you want to call it. Right. It's just the most obvious thing to fix. That was like if there was more oversight, could have been fixed, but it wasn't. It was going to be released. He was clearly and rightfully not happy about that design. Yeah, that, that is and true. caused a whole uproar and a rifle, a rifle uproar. Like, this is like, what the hell is going on? Part of my language. But good. after all this back and forth with him really going forward on his Twitter just for, I guess it was like for the culture. Was what yeah, the hashtag, hashtag for the culture. And just to get that change and just his message out there, just – Constantly being this upward, like this is an obvious PR nightmare for WWE. Oh, definitely. This was a huge definitely. PR nightmare, and I feel like they did the right thing by releasing him. And I say like he'll be better off out of there. Yeah. Because plus clearly... something interesting that I read yesterday, not to cut you off, was no, it's fine. Something that I read either both yes, actually both yesterday and today is that Jordan Miles is actually thinking. I actually tweeted this out in a conversation with Big Swole from AEW that Ooh. he's actually planning to get Cedric Alexander out from WWE as well. He he literally tweeted saying, don't worry, I'm going to get Cedric Alexander out next. And Alexander actually liked the tweet. 
Wow. Which I don't know why. I'm not sure what this means, but it's interesting. Especially because Alexander was one of the guys that Jordan Miles supported a lot in his tweets about all this. No, for sure. And honestly, we wish the best to him. And hopefully, hopefully, like I guess the big lesson here is this never happens again for WWE. Yeah, they, they're going to have to figure out that some things just aren't okay i mean you can argue a little bit about especially with jordan miles almost burnt or ach almost burning the bridge with roh a little bit that okay mater a couple things you could handle differently but either way wwe comes out bad in this there's just no heads or tails about that excuse me it clearly shows no lack of diversity and this is the same well not the same but the same almost uproar that happened with gucci if you remember where they had like that black face sweater like i would say like yeah, this that's year true and it just shows like there's clearly for how big most of these companies are they're for stuff like this to happen that it just shows like there is no lack of diversity i think it was ach on twitter who posted like it's in connect like the whole s- wwe is based in connecticut and that's not to like Sing a lot of Connecticut or anything, but it's just like if you think of Connecticut, it's mainly just and how WWE is runs us all white, you know. But, Mostly, um, at least. But yeah, it's just it's just one of those things where hopefully they can move past it, and hopefully ACH is gonna be in a better place where he gets treated Wherever right. Wherever he goes, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what the fallout of all this is. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if Cedric Alexander goes because I know Paul Heyman likes him, but. I haven't seen enough I haven't seen enough on TV to really get the sense that bad opinions really coming to form. And to be honest, if I'm Alexander and I'm I'm thinking, well, okay, if you're not going to use me, then I may as well just go, although WWE doesn't really release people anymore since there are at least 6 or 7 people that I can think of that have actually requested their release and haven't gotten it. So whether anything comes out of that, I'm not going to say for sure, but there is going to be some kind of uh, fallout from this. Oh, yeah. some Something will change, definitely, and hopefully for the better. Hopefully. And I don't know if we should mention this fully or give it the time of day, but NWA Power, Episode 7, we all know what – happened and what was said we're not going to repeat what jim Cornette said but i guess just quickly just not to kind of a cliff notes version right just says something really racist and stupid and rightfully taken off of nwa which is good i mean it makes sense there are some things that you just can't say anymore And I know that there are going to be people that look at this and yell out, cancel culture, cancel culture, what's going on? And I would, I get it. There's some, there's some times where that argument does apply, but I don't think it does here because what Jim Cornette said, just, I don't know how any, any sane person in this day and age can think that you can say that live on air and think it's okay supposedly this was from the he said the same thing in the 90s too but from then and now it's still nothing it's not a good thing to say and if you're representing a public brand who is trying to 
reestablish Get out there and reestablish yourself. This is the worst thing to happen. And also not letting NWA off the hook, too. Supposedly this was recorded months ago, and this is all in their backlog. So how this slipped through the editing room is just insane. And the same argument for ACH and WWE, how there is no diversity. And that is a big thing, I think, in these companies now where they have they don't have that oversight to where like oh this is not okay to say yeah it might not be necessarily diversity is the right word but there's not enough care i would say right i think since that's a better there word. are since obviously wwe does have international superstars that have done quite well they've had people of color do quite well but nwa i mean i'm not sure off of off the top of my head, who their biggest non-white star is, you have which to go, is probably a problem. You would probably have to go all the way back in the day for like their f- their first real champion, and I I don't I it's it's all the way back in the I think the seventies eighties where like they had like their real big uh, African American champion, but I know like you had Junkyard Dog in there also, and then you yeah. had a bunch of other. I mean, I I'm sure you can Ron look. Simmons. We'll, Ron Simmons. Yeah, he's a big one. Was Rocky mm-hmm. Johnson in NWA too? Yes. Yeah. And I think also- Tony Atlas? Our, our, Tony Atlas. Was he I, or no? I don't know. I know R-Truth was. Y- yeah, he was. I know that for sure. But I don't know. But again, like- I, I think- mean, we'll, I mean I, we can look, and if there is anything that would suggest the opposite, then we apologize in advance, mm-hmm. but- it's not a good look. I don't think anyone's going to actively dispute that. Right. And they they made the right call. It's just going to be interesting to see who will be replacing him going forward and how NWA comes out of right. this. And I think they are making the right steps. I'm not going to say they're fully out of the woods, but they're making the right steps where they're, they addressed it and they're going to make the changes where necessary. And so there's nothing like this can happen. But I think the big thing right now is who do you think will be the other person on commentary? Ooh. I wish I had an answer for this one, to be honest, because I'm not overly familiar with how that's all going to work out. But either way, it's going to be a very interesting view. Do you have anyone? Um, Honestly, right now, just to make, like, I guess the phrase that Cody Rose used, turning chicken shit into chicken salad – and that was obviously alluding to Stardust, but a whole other <laughs> issue. But I think this would work well for Aaron Stevens. Yeah. For his character. I think like this could be a huge opportunity for him to because I don't want to say he's fallen off, but just to get more of But he's people still behind entertaining. Him. Yes. And I feel like Very this would be great for him. And also too, maybe Colt Cabana. I think that him that, too. that work too. That's a possibility. But uh who knows? And we'll see how it all works out. Yeah, and that's the theme of this. We'll see. <laughs> we yep. just got to wait and I see. I mean, we're not going to read. We don't have this magic crystal ball in our studio, and we just rub it and say, okay, answer our questions now. We don't have that. It'd be nice if we did, but right, no one does. No, but apparently you could buy those on Amazon, but who knows? Yep. Um, are they real? <laughs> they say they are. <laughs> but, um, Believe everything you read on the internet, children yeah i mean the moral of this story i guess yeah there's any morals (laughs) just don't anyway trust no one (laughs) and speaking of which um... and speaking of i guess the theme of this 
whole first part is just controversy. And what bigger, not controversy, but a bigger contro- what bigger controversial figure than CM Punk himself finally returning home? Question mark? Possibly. He returned to WWE, but through Fox. Yeah. He's an employee of Fox. Yep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like uh, pull out an Avatar lyric, ladies and gentlemen. Your hero has returned again. Yep. Yep. I mean, going back to the crystal ball reference I made, I don't think even if you did, even if we did have a crystal ball when the CM Punk stuff all broke down, I don't think there was a way we could have ever predicted that he would be back. Like hearing all the stuff that happened all the fallout that occurred between CM Punk and WWE, I thought that was it. Like, he's, like, I don't, and to be honest, like, when AEW came up, everyone said that, oh, CM Punk would be perfect for this, and they said it for a reason. But but now, I think this is honestly kind of fascinating to me, because even though CM Punk is technically under the WWE umbrella, he's not actually a part of WWE. So I think that means he's allowed to give unfiltered opinions. He's allowed to give his two cents on the issues. And to be honest, that's what made him one of the most popular superstars, arguably in WWE history, is because he told things like it is. He was brutally honest, didn't really care what people thought about it. What he said was his version of the truth. And to be honest, people appreciated it for him. People appreciated that out of him then. And I think people are going to appreciate it out of him now. Right. And that's always been his appeal from day one. Just speaking his mind, being the voice of the voiceless, as corny as it is, but just giving his unfiltered, undoctored opinion. And I think what's lost on people on his return, what's lost on his return is the fact that, yes, he is an employee of Fox, but this is essentially at least the scaffolding of a bridge, at least trying to be built or mended. So if this leads to him returning into entering competition later on, I'm all for it. And I'm not holding my breath for that. That could be literally years from now or maybe a couple months from now. It could be a part-time thing too. True. It could be a Legends deal. But the fact that he is with WWE in this capacity through Fox, it's just amazing. And it's something I literally never thought I would see and to have CM Punk come back, the NWA come back, New Japan expanded to America, AEW a- wrestling returning on TNT. This is literally what some, year is this? This is like someone's fanfic for wrestling, <laughs> like for wrestling. That's, that's a pretty good comparison. This I'm is like something admit. like we would never thought happened, but we'll, we'll, we wanted it to happen secretly. But honestly. This is going to be a cliche, but what a great time to be a wrestling fan, and what a great time to just consume wrestling. That's been the whole theme of 2019, like with all the things that are going on. And 2020 so far is looking more of the same, so very all, good time. All I know is with CM Punk coming back, WrestleMania is now going to be must-see, along with the Royal Rumble. Oh, Royal Rumble would be must see. I'd love to see CM Punk just show up as one as like the number 30 entrance and then see what happens. I actually heard stuff that there might be consideration of a program between him and Seth Rollins. And the seeds were kind of sown on the last episode of WWE backstage when CM Punk told Seth Rollins to stop tweeting. 
Well, I mean, he's not wrong. And then Seth Rollins immediately tweeted back and kind of gave him a couple of shots. So I'm interested to see if that's just a one-off thing or with this new rumor coming out, if that's just uh, part of a bigger whole. Right. And again, like with everything, we just got to wait and see. After all that, I want to say controversy, it's going to just wind down and just... Yeah. Let, let's just Get talk, some normality back yeah. into things. Let's just talk about the weekend, or this week, rather. Um, what are your thoughts on the NXT Invasion? I think it's interesting. Or at least, it, it was a very interesting concept at first. And especially because when you first saw it, you didn't really know what was happening. And no. It probably came at the best possible time because, remember, this started on the SmackDown after Crown Jewel when WWE had had most of their superstars still stranded in Saudi Arabia and even the ones that were on a plane back to the United States were in no way going to make it back in WWE, or at least not before they were able to show up for SmackDown that night. So anyone would be forgiven for saying it's a skeleton crew, it's a throwaway show, nothing really matters here. And then you saw the NXT superstars all show up and just clean house. It was probably my favorite SmackDown of the year. Oh, yeah, no, easily best SmackDown by far. And obviously now that we've seen Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT as this year's Survivor Series, we've come to expect it a little more. But to be honest, it's interesting because we're putting NXT superstars on the same course as Raw and SmackDown superstars. And it goes back into what I thought NXT was all along. It's no longer this developmental brand. It's it's an actual third brand. I'd say it's a hybrid between an between a legitimate third brand and a developmental brand, if that's what you want to go with. But it's its own thing. There's no question about that anymore. Oh, no, for sure. And this is something we've been, as wrestling fans, ever since NXT launched and and we just saw the expansion of just all the takeovers and how good they are. Something I feel like we wanted to see for a while. And now that we're getting it, I feel like, Yes, there are the high points where it's just like been amazing to see like Champa, um, Champa wrestled the Miz on on that SmackDown, and then Shayna Baszler come out, and then you had all the NXT guys come out, Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, and with all the good, I feel like there's been some mismanagement, and this Maybe goes back a little bit. Yeah, like the, and this just goes back to like when they were in the UK because I'm just gonna say this: having Walter look the way he did on that raw was insulting he is such he is on par in my opinion with the lesners stroman's uh keith lee's kane velasquez of just those monster heels who are just dominant and just to see him be treated how him and imperium were treated there and even the most of the nxt uk lads I don't think they it was just a drop lost. ball. Yeah, they should not have lost that match against Seth Rollins, the Street Profits, and Kevin Owens. They should no. not have lost that match. No, they. I should mean, have Flash Morgan, Webster, and Mark Andrews losing to Viking Raiders. Eh, it, understandable. That makes that makes sense. But Imperium shouldn't have lost. 
But just to go back to Webster and uh, Mark Andrews, it was just, yeah, that was right, right? Yeah, and at least it wasn't a squash, to be fair. Right, and but it's just the way that commentary handled it, where it just felt like Jr. Or Jr. <laughs> Jim. Uh, that... My grand return, J- Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler. Yes. There we just go. Just saying, who are they? Who who are these people? It just took me out of it. Like, wait, you don't even know who they are. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, not everybody's gonna know who they are in story. They're like, oh, who are these guys? But. It just felt like they were doing them a disservice, and I'm just going to be hauled up on Walter just not being my man, my dude, just <laughs> yeah. not being treated the way he deserves, having one of the best matches of the year. But whatever. Um, it just makes me, in, in that regard, like both Raw and SmackDown, those those days were just, they could have been done so much better. And I yeah. feel like SmackDown handled it a little bit better. But it's just raw, just really sour. You, you could like, have had someone, uh, and you could have had someone interrupt the Bobby Lashley and Rusev saga, right? Like have someone interrupt that because <laughs> that's because that storyline. And I'm just gonna say this once: that storyline is trash. It was from, uh, it was the minute that uh, Mike and Maria Canel. It was kind of trash when Mike and Maria Canellis were in that as well. And then all of a sudden, Rusev and Lana were back in the fold, and they just pushed what that ha- on. What them happened instead. there? What happened there? Like, what happened to Maria? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, that's what I was confused too. I'm like, wait. So we're saying that Mike and, and Maria Canellis are having marriage issues. Then all of a sudden, right. Rusev comes up as Maria's baby father, supposedly. Uh, the term is baby daddy. Baby daddy. Okay, I was being uh, kind of posh. I have my pinky out right now, but whatever. Fancy. No big deal. The lingo is a little confusing. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, Bobby Lashley's back and Lana's cheating on him with Lashley. And suddenly Rusev is a good guy, even though he's involved in all this. It was just doomed to fail from the word go. And it sounds like WWE, or it looks like they're not trying. Well, supposedly like the big key to that is why it's going is the, the the hits on YouTube are just up and up. So how are the dislikes going? I mean, I haven't checked that, but so far it's been doing like million views. Uh, so what for what it's worth, for whatever it's worth, I want it to be it's over. Just, it's doing something. I but... want it to be merciful. I don't want it to just be mercifully over. Right. But going and back to the NXT yeah, like I was gonna say, going back to what we were talking about. My bad. No, I fine. went on a tangent for a minute. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. What a great week. <sighs> What a great weekend of wrestling. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it is fair to say. I would I would I would agree with you honestly. Yeah, no, like just before we get really too deep into this, what out of this weekend, how would you rate the wrestling? Like if you had to give it like a 1 1 through 5, like what would you give it? I would honestly say 4.5. Really? Yeah, I think there were a couple moments that made me think a little bit like, eh, they're, they're good, but they could have been done a lot better. But Fair. most, but for most, if not all of the matches, they were all incredible. And that is something that I've rarely said about WWE programs for the last little bit, or at least the big shows. So I'm very happy that this is the result we got in the end. I think this, at least for me, I would personally give this weekend a five out of five. Because to me, not only was it perfect, but it just there's so much storytelling. And yes, is there is, and yes, there is uh, nitpicks about like and well, big nitpicks. But we'll get into that. But just 
of things they could have done better. But I feel overall, this weekend was probably one of the best, I would say, since WrestleMania this weekend or Ooh, this year. Nice. was like Because not only was the takeover great, but the main card was also good. And this may be a shock, but I think this may be the first time where I think the main roster pay-per-view barely inches out the takeover. Yeah, we haven't said that much ever since NXT nope. started doing the takeovers. It's almost a foreign concept, but no, I'm glad everybody got their time to shine, and the wrestling was obviously tremendous. And obviously. To really go into this weekend, we should really start on Saturday. Takeover War Games. Oh my God, let me just say this right now. Possibly one of my top five takeovers ever. Wow. All right. I mean, I can't blame you for thinking that. All the matches were incredible. <laughs> incredible. They then, were Then again, fantastic. War Games is always incredible, so right. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. No, um, it was just, compared to the other, compared to, like, what, the last two War Games? Or is, it, or is this the second it's been, one? It's been two. Yeah, yeah, like, compared to the last two War Games, this one knocked it out of the park immediately. Oh, yeah. The women's War Games match. I didn't get to see a whole lot of it, but I caught I caught it towards the end. Like I didn't get to see the first half, but oh my god, they just killed each other. <laughs> yep, it was amazing. Yeah, I got one thing out of that, and there's also mm. something from Sunday as well that can confirm that. But if you watched this weekend of wrestling, like from War Games to Survivor Series, and you don't think that Rhea Ripley is going to be a star in the women's division for possibly the next decade, then I don't know what to tell you. They have plans for that girl. They have ideas of putting the rocket ship to her back. And quite frankly, her performance proved that she's more than earned it. Oh, I no. absolutely love her. I wouldn't be surprised if come next takeover she becomes the new nxt women's champion that's something i could definitely see happening from the way that she performed i feel like she she more than deserved it yeah i 100 percent agree with you the minute i finished watching ver watching this weekend that was my first thought is rhea ripley whether it's this takeover or whether they're keeping it for the takeover during wrestlemania if they have one no matter what in 2020 Rhea Ripley is going to become NXT Women's Champion. There is no question anymore about that. No, there is no doubt. And I guess we should really go to the next match. Or do you have anything else to say about the TakeOver Women's match I mean, besides can, how great it is? Can I just say that um, to pick up the phone because I called Dakota Kai turning on Team Ripley. I think you did. I mean, the minute my Mia Yim was left in the back injured and Dakota Kai was called on to be the replacement instantly i was like i they're going they're going to do it it's been building up for months now ever since the ever since the build up for this match began we knew that this was going to happen everything was pointing to it but the thing is even though we could have all predicted it really it was still so well done it was amazing. Like, everything, like, I wasn't expecting it to be that brutal. And honestly, Dakota Kai's new look that she put on during the match is incredible, by the way. Especially with the new persona that she's going to have, I would assume. So, I'm excited. And, I mean, we're going to get Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox in a rivalry. That alone gets me excited. Oh, yeah, no. That's going to be, I think, one of the best rivalries that NXT will have. But... 
Io Shirai, though, oh my god, just doing... They're showing basically the world why she is the best. That moonsault off the top, though. I, I can't believe that. That Whenever they go on the top, and I don't know why, because we've seen... We've seen clips of people getting thrown out the cells and the cages and all that, but just from the top of the war games, it always seems that extra dangerous. Yeah. Where it's I just mean, like that precarious. And when she did that moonsault, I was like, oh my God. I mean, I don't think there's a question Io Shirai is arguably the best athlete that the NXT women's division has. So seeing that kind of spot being trusted her and her executing it as beautifully as it did. She is still one of my favorites in the entire women's division. And that's just something you can say about this match in general is that you saw firsthand just how deep NXT's women's division is. It isn't necessarily, and not to bash this era or anything, but when it was the four horsewomen of Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, and Bailey, those were the clear four. And honestly, once we got past that, there was kind of the obvious top woman that was going to take over. This might just be the first time in a long time, quite frankly, that I'm watching this division and I have no clue what to expect. Like once, obviously Rhea Ripley is going to be the next NXT Women's Champion. They've made that plan pretty clear. But at this point, who's going to take the belt off her when she gets it? Is it going to be Shirai? Is it going to be whoever comes out of Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai? Is it going to be Bianca Belair, Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm, Candice LeRae? It could be anyone. And that gets me very happy. Like taking it from Shayna Baszler? Yeah, like obviously Baszler's on the fast track to the uh, main roster at this point, or I guess just Raw or SmackDown at this point. But we know that it's going to happen eventually. And life after Baszler in NXT's women's division, very sad. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And I feel like for the first time, for the first time in forever, that it's going to be uh, – <laughs> Frozen 2 just came hey, out, so you, you can go. get away with that. There you go. No, but for the first time, I think in a long time, that the NXT women's division, once their champ is gone, is not going to be struggling. And I think I feel like not just for the women, but for the men too, like – they're going to be good, like, when everything's said and done and the, and the Undisputed Era, Ciampa, and all of them are not there anymore. That's true. I feel like they already have enough young blood, or young blood, I say that in air quotes, <laughs> that they could really keep their division alive and relevant to the point where, like, not like they're going to be forgotten, but just, like, okay, it's just a handoff rather than, all right, we need to try Pretty and much. scramble and rebuild. Like, it was for a while before it started to kick off again. That's true. And... I feel like we did a disservice, though, because the first match of the night we didn't get to talk about Angel Garza versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. We did our boy dirty. Yeah, I'm a little surprised, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, no disrespect to Anel Garza. He's incredible. Mm -hmm. But I I just really like Swerve Scott so much. Yeah, no, he's great. It's like Shane Strickland. I've seen him when it, he was Sh Shane Strickland. I saw him when he was Killshot in Lucha Underground. You Mark? It, uh, <laughs> I guess so. God damn. I try. <laughs> I'm not really. <laughs> like I'll I'll calm him down for a minute. Let's mm. we can play the Tommy Wiseau clip of uh, Oh hi Mark. I, I'm fuming right now. <laughs> uh, I'm not, it might be the coffee actually. Uh, yeah, warm. it's probably copyrighted. That's unfortunate. I said coffee. Oh. Well, well, that well that too, but no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. All right, moving on though. Moving we, on, we digress. It was a, yeah, it was a good match, and 
it honestly just proves that they're both going to be stars and not, not more could be said. Like, it was a good match. Yep, Cruiser. I mean, it, the Cruiserweight division is probably going to be tied to NXT from now on, which I think is going to help it in the long run. Well, the, so. well there's also a rumor, too, that 205 Live might just be replacing NXT when they move out of Full Sail. Possibly. So... If that's the case, then I wouldn't mind that, or maybe I wouldn't mind it a rebrand of Two Hundred Five Live to be like, I don't know, Indie Land or something. Maybe, and, and honestly, and, <laughs> it feels like it though. And honestly, you could probably have Two Hundred Five Live be more of a, uh, I don't know necessarily if you'd call it a division, but you can sort of integrate it into a regular NXT lineup because, unlike in WWE where there's all these bigger, stronger characters. NXT really doesn't have a lot of those, and even the ones that do, they're more than happy to sell to the young, to sell to the smaller guy a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I could see guys like Leo Rush getting chances against someone like Matt Riddle or Dominic Dijak- Dijakovic, mm-hmm. maybe even Keith Lee. That Ooh. would be fun. That w- that actually be very interesting. And you could build a top star that way. That's for oh, sure. Oh yeah. Well, Keith Lee's already. The top star, you well, gonna oh yeah, we're gonna, glory. We're gonna get to that. That's one gonna later. be later on. No but, question. Um, I want to say the match after the women, the great women's takeover or takeover, uh, war games match, Pete Dunn versus Damian Priest and Killian Dane. Now, I did predict Killian Dane to win because I felt like he has been there not the longest, but just he's been there enough to where like and been through a lot. Where like you know, I could see him challenging Adam Cole, but. I have to say, this match, from from top to bottom, a really great triple threat match. Like, they've done some stuff that we don't really see in traditional triple threat matches. And it was just always on always on 10, always on 100. It would never slow down. And just to finish, oh, my God, it felt great. So that is definitely true. Thankfully, I did call Pete Dunne winning this match. So I feel, yeah, a little, did. I feel a little happy about that one. But, you know... It was definitely interesting. There were moments where everyone just seemed to have their moment to shine. There's no mm-hmm. question about that. Everyone got offense in, and honestly, I can see all three still being in the world championship picture. Although, yes, honestly, we know what the pecking order is, and after Survivor Series, again, we're gonna get to this much later. I wouldn't be. I'd be more than happy to see Adam Cole and Pete Dunne in a long-term feud. Oh no, I I can't wait for to see what more they can do yep. and given more time, given all give make it this longer and stretched out. Give it a couple months and yeah, watch the magic happen. There's legs here and it's just one of those things where you just want to see it. It's like that meme. Give me two more. Give me two more. <laughs> it's great. And yeah, that's true. The match after Ballard versus Riddle. I didn't get to see that one actually. Like I that was the one I get I missed, but I heard good things. I heard it was great. I heard good things, too. I mean, there's no question that those two are very hardworking, and they showed it. I, I mean... They also like to kill each other. That Jeez. is true. I Like, Balor just showing up as the uh, shooter prince again instead of the demon like he normally does for takeovers. Like, I wish is he this brought the that first, back, though. Is, is this the first NXT takeover that Balor had without a demon? Um, I think I saw that somewhere. Is and that's it? kind of interesting. Even when he start, even even when he got signed, I I want to say he probably had one because they weren't sure. But again, you're probably right though. Probably. I mean, I'm sure he'll like if Balor does get a NXT Championship shot. I think then he'll probably bring the demon back. 
Yes. I don't know, though, because, again, this is a whole new Balor. We haven't really seen him as as much of a heel yet, so we'll see. I just can't. I just can't wait to see what what more they do. And you're right. We haven't really seen Balor as a heel, at, well, as much as a heel. Yeah. And it'd be very interesting to see how the demon works into that too. Yeah. Honestly, a heel demon would be kind of fun to watch because then I think you could really, really start to unshackle him a little bit and really just turn him into this psychopathic creature, you could, almost you, like the fiend. Yeah. Basically. I, was, I was just gonna say you could almost and make remember, him. Hmm. Bray Wyatt, the last match Finn Balor had on the main roster was against The Fiend. So You're right, you're right. Maybe, maybe the- this is may something like that would be Balor going into this darker place in his mind. Well, look at you keeping kayfabe alive. Yes, <laughs> but, I try. But um, I, do, I, I can see maybe Finn Balor and the Demon kind of becoming The Fiend of NXT in a way. But again, we have to wait and see. And excuse me. You good? I'm good. It's just All like right. weird gas bubbles or something. Yeah, don't worry. I get those too. But um, <laughs> we'll forgive you. Moving on to the last match of the card, the men's War Games match. Team Champa versus the Undisputed Era. And up to that point, with a mystery partner. And I wonder who it was or who it could have been. You called this one, or at least I this was did. one of the ones you said. No, I Now it's your did. turn to toot the horn. Yeah, no. Kevin Owens coming back home and what a nice throwback too. Coming in his in not his OG but just his original shirt with like this the, is true. With the tape with just a taped KO. That on was it. great and honestly. And then we almost got to see a package pile driver too. Well, we did almost we did, but that we would have to wait for that. But just Kevin Owens coming back home. Just laying waste to everyone. Just being in that workers match, it was electric. It honestly, it, it make you, as a wrestling fan, you kind of forget how special moments are. And that moment, just the way the crowd reacted to how it was perceived, like when he came back. Honestly, Every- it was probably one of the best pops of the night or oh, one of yeah. the best moments. Everyone just lost their mind. And speaking of big moments, what about that ending? That oh my god okay that air raid crash uh, overall the match if you want our opinions of the match the match was great oh it, yeah it was obvious obviously I mean, great he figured that out by <laughs> it was now, obviously sure. great but just the air raid crash from the top of the of the cell I, I want to say cell but the top of the cage or the structure just like Io Shirai how it made me nervous this one made me like oh my god. Adam Cole might die, <laughs> and just after that, I don't think it was I think it was lost on it. The table literally exploded because usually when you go through a table, there's like a little bit at the bottom that they go through, but this one just there was nothing straight left. up just went boom like Moses parting the Red Sea. <laughs> it was that's a good one. It was insane, and Maro calling it, and everybody there was just so good. It that moment, there's like two great moments for this match. Or from this uh from this night. Kevin Owens returning and that the ending of TakeOver. Yeah. Just I can't believe that. That is honestly one of the craziest spots I think I've seen in a very long time. And to be honest, it makes me all the more excited for the next NXT War Games because I want to see just how they're going to go from there. Because they have to do something just as crazy, if not crazier. It it's gonna be 
very fun to see the next one. I honestly can't wait. I can't wait either. And that's going to be that's going to be insane. Like just to see what they could top it. Maybe they bring maybe they like I keep saying or like I keep trying to pitch. Maybe we get an at least to an NXT Hell in a Cell match. I would kill to see oh I just hit the desk. I would kill <laughs> to see an NXT style an NXT style Hell in a Cell match because I feel like there is where the cell could be done justice and not be done red or green or blue or whatever color it is. Yeah, just straight up two people, possibly more, trying to kill each other. Could you imagine <laughs> Keith? Up. Could you imagine Killian Dane, Keith Lee, and Damian Priest in the Hell in a Cell match? Can we please have a <laughs> or Walter? Yeah, can we please? If that does happen, can we please just have a moment where the top of the cell breaks and someone just destroys the ring? Please no. <laughs> just build, I, a, just create the crater. Just recreate the just recreate, recreate Mick Foley falling through the cell at one time. It would be great. Yeah, or one of the two times, really. Yeah, no. Like, have him choke slammed. I mean, not the second one. The second one was bad. Like the second one was just like him, like that was an accident. The overhead. <laughs> well, like I didn't mean that necessarily, but uh, when Triple H versus Cactus. Jack, oh, that one. How, yeah, the first one was honestly the one where uh, that that one was the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of the like, one. Like I wasn't just... thinking of a one where they do they have? Oh yeah, they do have the uh, announce tables near the ringside area. Yeah, they do. And these. well, obviously, I think of the key in the ring where like he got thrown off, and then they were supposed to choke slam him through the roof, but on the roof, and it wasn't supposed to break, but it just he just fell through, and it's just like. Uh, that'll never be recreated again i don't think so (laughs) they're they're not gonna do that again but moving on from honestly if this was like any other any other week this would be the takeover this would be like the match or the pay-per-view of the weekend but no somehow survivor series managed in my humble opinion to top it and we're gonna talk about that right now oh yeah so i guess should we start with the pre-show like talk about like what yeah, went we, on there. We can give like a little quick fire. The yeah, like because not really not that much happened. It was not just much. It, like it was just, just basically some, filler. Uh, basically just some matches to get the um scores going, mm-hmm. get more matches for the whole Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT aesthetic, the good stuff. Yeah. And and these are actually pretty good too. The uh I wanna say the ten team battle royal. What'd you think of Ziggler and Rude winning? Rudolph, as they're not called. Ooh, uh, I would say it was a good decision. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, would I have liked to see maybe a team like the Revival get it? Yeah, or the OC even from Raw. Yeah. yeah, but I can see why they'd do it. I just thought it was gonna be like someone we weren't expecting, like the Forgotten Sons or something. Or Breezango. Breezango would have been great. Just their stare down the between them would have been. Yeah, that would have been fun. But uh, yeah, in in general, it was great. Honestly, I feel like the Street Profits should have won that one. Yeah, that's true. But, Them too. But I digress. And then moving on, we got the we got the the cruiserweight championship match, which still on the pre-show, which sucks. But Leo Rush, Akira Tozawa, and Kalisto. That was actually, in my humble opinion, an underrated match. Yeah, I, I would honestly agree with that. We forget how good Kalisto is, but we always remember like how he, oh he has no. He has no, He seems to have no charisma. He has, yeah. you can't really take a joke. I think He's, people still look at the whole lucha thing promo and they yeah. kind of bag on. It's gonna for it's that. gonna be over him for like I want to say a while, but um, we just forget like how good he is, and this match just 
honestly proven it. And also Kira Tozawa, too, who I think was like an, is an underrated cruiserweight champion. Yeah, they've like honestly both both of those guys are pretty underrated. I always liked Tozawa, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when 205 Live came to Vegas and uh, he had that match with V. Brian Kendrick. Yeah, that was really I good. I remember when he had the spot of the senton through the table. I think I was the one who started the one more time chance. Wow. Which was all. Like, that was you? I think so. Because I, cause I remember I was like one of the first people to say it. And then everyone went. And I was just like, oh, uh, okay. I'll take this. And not going to lie. <laughs> Those cruiserweight matches after SmackDown, I feel like now they're starting to get more pop because people are still getting interested. Yeah. And I just feel really bad for them because they, WWE didn't give them a fair shake. But honestly, with this match, it kind of proves just how good each man of each men are. And I think the right decision was made here. Leo Rush retaining yeah. the championship. And honestly, with the cruiserweight division possibly being moved to NXT, one of these days we will have the cruiserweight championship on a main card, and I am excited. Oh, Give yeah. them the time and the uh, – what's the word I'm looking for here? And the space that they yes. deserve. And to your credit, too, uh, about Akira Tazara being underrated or just being great, his match on Raw the other night, how amazing was that? Oh, yeah. I mean, him versus Andrade was incredible. Honestly, I would say that was one of the best matches on the card that night, if not the best match. And it just goes to show that Andrade – there's no question. Honestly, I I haven't pegged as a future star. I think he's hitting that point very well. But I looked at Tazawa and I said, "This is someone who could be something on you, this show." You put the you put that match for a title, and I wouldn't be mad because that Same. was a really give. Yeah, like you said, give them more time and space, and they could easily have one of the better matches like on any pay per view. Yeah, an Andrade versus Tazawa program. I'd I'd be down. I'd pay money. Oh, I'd be, I'd be down with that, too. And moving on to the last of the pre-show matches, Viking Raiders versus the New Day versus the Undisputed Era, and I messed up, versus the New Day. There you go. There that, you go. That's what it is. You didn't see it, but I was swiveling my hips. But yeah, anyway, I digress. But I feel like I kind of wanted to see more of the Undisputed Era versus New Day because yeah. I feel like that is an underrated rivalry that could easily be played out. That's true. I mean, I kind of had the Viking Raiders winning this. I think Oh no, that, me too. I think it just makes more sense, but they pinned the undisputed era. Ugh. It's like, um, you do realize that the New Day are kind of a and the funny part is when the New Day won the tag team titles from the revival, which I'm still a little angry about because I'm in a great NXT been, um, takeover incredible. match. Especially since the NXT before Survivor Series, they had the Revival versus the Undisputed Era. That, that was match a, was incredible. That was, we all forget how good the Undisputed Era, or Undisputed Era, the Revival are. Oh, yeah. But but we digress. When the New Day won the titles, I was like, okay, we know who's eating the pin, I guess. And then the the Vi- although then again, the Viking Raiders were the guys who won the NXT Tag Team Championship from the Undisputed Era yeah, the first time around. And so also, too, an argument can be made. It makes sense. And yeah, an argument can be made also, too, that the Undisputed Era were just tired because, like, they literally went through so many tables. Oh, yeah. There, there's <laughs> a story there. We'll give them the benefit of the yeah, doubt for kayfabe purposes. But, like, but yeah, no, I, I have to agree, though. It's just you could have pinned the New Day or maybe you could have just – I don't know how would you work. I don't know how to work it really, but 
I think overall it was a great match, but I just wanted to see more New Day versus Undisputed Era because that to me is an underrated rivalry that's just begging for attention. I mean, maybe if uh, the Undisputed Era shows up on SmackDown, it can happen. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I oh yeah, no, definitely can see it. And going to the main card now, Team NXT, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, and Tony Storm taking on Team Raw, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, the Kabuki Warriors, and Sarah Logan? And then, finally, Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross. Honestly, this has to go down as one of the... I was going to say, this has to go down as probably one of the defining survivors like traditional survivor series matches because for the first time in a long time for first time in forever or whatever (laughs) but um this was one of the this is for the first time at least to me this is the first time i actually cared about a traditional survivor series match yeah that i would honestly have to agree with you and rhea ripley again as i said earlier there are there is a plan for her. If she does not get the title after this is all said and done, but either by WrestleMania or Royal Rumble, then honestly, what's the point? That is true. It's it's high time. It is, and not just that, but I think this set the bar for what Survivor Series matches should be going forward. And the right team won. Team NXT. Yeah, no question. The, the right team did win, although. I kind of wish we kind of got that stare down between Rhea Ripley, Charlotte, and Sasha Banks. I wish, but uh, but I but overall, like I, I mean, feel there like, are a couple things you could nitpick yeah. about the match, like Candice LeRae and Io Shirai getting hurt, so we didn't get a whole lot. Hurt out in of air them. quotes, by the way. Air quotes, by the way. Um, but there were some good mat moments. Yeah, Oscar spewing the green mist and Charlotte that was funny. Flair. I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. I honestly want to see Asuka finally beat Charlotte. I, I want I, to see it. I want to see it, too. And Get a program between those two. Let Asuka become the killer empress Yes, again. please. Make it happen. This is making me excited please. for Asuka versus Charlotte again. And that's, oh, and that, yeah. Honestly, this match, it set up so many things, and everything just made sense. And if we're sitting here nitpicking it, really, that means how it's a test of just how good it is. That is because true. Because there's not really anything really you could say that's bad i mean even the competitors that were a bit more surprising to see like sarah logan and dana brooke it made sense they had their moments there's no question about that mm-hmm. and really what else more can be said which is it was a great match and if you haven't watched it match. watch it because that literally i feel set the tone for survivor series and I-, I would agree and without that match i think survivor series would have been way lower i would agree and moving on to another surprise match I thought was going to go on a little later. Roddy Strong, our boy, the North American champion, taking on AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. And get this is honestly... And getting the win! That's honestly probably the biggest quote-unquote upset of the entire card. Because I was under the impression that either AJ Styles or Shinsuke Nakamura were going to win the match. But I'm not exactly... What's the word here? I'm not Shock. exactly displeased with this result. I'm very happy mm. that Strong got the win. Oh, yeah, no. Just, it honestly, 
it made me feel happy. Like, and not many things in wrestling have made me happy. And that sounds sad, but like, not really has made, has gripped me to more like, I just want to see Roderick Strong win. Or I just want to, see, this was one of those matches where I honestly didn't care who won because everybody just stepped up their game. We all thought, not, I want to, I want to say like, we all thought Nakamura was going to take the pin. Oh, and he, and he did. Yeah. But, um, was it Nakamura or was it AJ? It was Nakamura. Yeah, like he took the pin, but just him coming out and being like his old shades of his old NXT former NXT champion, former IWGP champion, how like just his intensity, it really made him a threat again. And AJ Styles too, showing like he's no pushover. Like him and Nakamura know each other. But then just the the dark horse in this match, Roderick Strong. Yep. Just going in there, picking apart. It was great. Yeah, can I just say that I'm very happy that for the first time since both of them were in WWE that we finally got a match involving AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura that lived up to the hype. Because WrestleMania was a little bit more disappointing given the buildup that was put into that. And then the last couple matches they had when Shinsuke was a heel could have been done a little better. But this one was just as advertised. I'm so happy because we know what both of them are capable of. This easily could have, this easily could have made it any other pay per view, in my opinion. And who would have thought we got a former ROH champion taking on or defeating two former IWGP Heavyweight Champions? This is true. Who would have thought? But no, this was honestly this is like a really good match. Yep. And then we go into oh, an even greater yes. match. Yes. Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne. Ooh, boy, that – it was a wild ride. Yeah, I'm just going to say this like a couple times maybe during this. This to me was not just match of a night, match of a weekend, match of a month. This has all the makings to be match of the year. Wow. I mean, if you're looking at a master class of storytelling that went into this match – as well as all the cool little spots that they had during the whole thing. This is probably one of the best matches that I've seen in a long time put in put up by WWE. Yeah, no, it just show it just goes to show just how strong the NXT men's division is and just how strong their champion is. Because <clears throat> like you said, this has all the makings of match of the year, and, and I don't disagree with you, but just to see how good Pete Dunn we all know how good Pete Dunne is, but to see him get his moment and basically tear it up in the same building where he and Tyler Bate did it, a, I want to say a year ago, in in Takeover Chicago, it just it makes you feel good and you just almost feel proud. Like, yeah, this is finally NXT is out of WWE, out of the main roster's shadow, if that makes sense. Where it's like, no, our champion, our championship match could literally go toe to toe with the fiend and with lesnar and that's some stiff competition to go up against oh, yeah. and almost out and not almost outshine them that's that just says a lot that's to the guys big. that is a big moment and as we and as i alluded to earlier if you're looking for any reason why this should be a long-term program this is it more matches like this and eventually pete dunn taking the nxt championship from adam cole that if you want a moment where people are going to go crazy, that's it. Yep. There you go. And also, just a slight mention, too. I really wish Mara was there. But for reasons that have come out and just everything, screw Corey Graves. 
Yeah, I mean, there's uh, Michael Cole there's did it. Michael Cole did his best, but it. I feel like he missed it where he like he didn't he didn't call the Panama Sunrise. Yeah, I mean, ah, uh, but he, but he was still good. It wasn't. There's bad. no yeah. There's no question that the the announcers did what they could. I would have loved to see Moro there, but for for I don't know for stuff that's just, come out recently. Yeah. It's just it's just like I just hope really... that he doesn't take another long sabbatical again because I love Moro. Yeah, I we, think he's one of the best announcers that WWE from anywhere has to offer. Right, like he—he's honestly one of the best announcers I would say in this past decade, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, especially I, I now, like who—who's come back? Like he's—he honestly brings so much. And honestly, from here, we wish Mario nothing but the best, and we hope he's well. And screw Corey Graves. And <laughs> <laughs> moving on, not to bring it down, but it kind of ties in. Like oh, almost yeah. like the dark, the mood, the the mood the kind of shift, the mood shift, and the red you see when you think of Corey and how he reacted tomorrow and saying all those tweets, you could you could you, mold, you, you can mold that into red. you can mold that picture that redness that anger and move it into the fiend where the lights came back the red all red everything <laughs> whether that's a good even thing Marie's or a bad back thing. all red everything yeah whether that's <laughs> But that, that's a good one. But uh, honestly, though, <laughs> even though the red lights were back, and I was like, okay, yeah, would it be better with blue lights dumb. if we're thinking about it now before we Maybe. really go to the match? Or you could have it like uh, almost kind of a way that they had the lights done that one time where they dimmed the lights in everywhere except on the ring, like really just pitch black almost. And would it be, then the would it be better the to make the ring itself? under the red light and then make everything else like dark so that way they could see it. That's true. That that could work. I mean, I it's worth a shot at least. Because it's worth then making this the whole Because arena obviously red. you can have because obviously you can have the fiend day aesthetic as much as you want since we know what what you're bringing to the table with that. Maybe maybe I've not such a harsh red. May, yeah, like maybe tone it tone down the yeah, tone it down a little bit. Maybe. And then it it could it, it can, can still work. work, but like maybe just have it be like a red it needs tweaks. Like you see, like hints of red instead of just being at all yeah, red. Yeah, it needs tweaks. Like you have a That's red, what we'll say. Yeah, like a red glow. Yeah. But honestly, even with all that, this was a good match, and that's saying a lot because of the match that had to follow or come after that great championship match between Pete Dunne and Adam Cole. Yeah. Excuse this, me. Yeah, this match could have easily just been the uh, kind of the lull people back to normality a little bit. Right. But it was actually really good. And we know what both Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan bring. The Fiend they is more great methodical, chemistry. more of a character build. And remember, they had that match at the Royal Rumble in 2014, yes. I want to say. Yes. That match was really good. Yes. Uh, yeah. And Daniel Bryan brought back the yes chance again. <laughs> that was crazy. Yep. He fi- Bray Wyatt finally brought it out of him. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. But I do like how he didn't tap. He pinned them with the mandible claw. Yeah. I thought that was very that, interesting. Yeah. They did the same with uh, Balor, mm-hmm. if I remember. Although right. I wish he brought back the neck the neck break. Yeah, that is something that could have happened. They they kind of had like a or he grabbed sort him, of version or he grabbed him by the beard and tried gave it. me a neck crank a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that whole spot, I I mean, say whatever you want. I was kind of hoping that. the fiend to get all crazy and just like grab Daniel by the beard and just slam him by it. Like if he was, <laughs> if he was yeah. going to the top rope, because you imagine him grabbing by the beard and just like Chucking slamming him? him. No, no, just like overhead slamming him. Like that that would be cool. But I digress. And 
this was honestly it was a good match for what it was and for what it had to follow. This was still a great match. Yeah, give credit where credit is due. This was a good transition into honestly before the last half of it, an okay what what would have been an okay match. The and I'm talking about the men's Survivor Series match. And the teams are Team SmackDown, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, Mustafa Ali, and Shorty G taking Chad on Gable. <laughs> yeah, taking on Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, Ricochet, and Team NXT, Tommaso Ciampa, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and Valter. So before the match started, just having Walter there just it added almost a sense of all right, NXT is gonna gonna win. They can't lose. You have one of the best champions. You have like literally one of the most dominant champions in recent memory. But start of the bell, Walter being dominant, but then getting pinned and taken out, a la Samoa Joe. What are you doing? Why are you so afraid of having your dominant big men that aren't named Braun Strowman? What's wrong? Or Keith Lee, like what's wrong with having another dominant big man? Because now it makes not only Walter look bad, it doesn't do anything for the NXT UK division. It shows like their top champ, oh, he, got, he just could get beaten easily. But it's like, what are you doing? The one thing we wanted to see was Walter staring down Braun Strowman. You, we heard how over Walter was in the, in the, in the crowd. Why do this to us? But besides that, I would say this is a – on par with the women's uh, Survivor Series match where it's just so good. And in recent memory, it just made me care for a Survivor Series, like for a Survivor Series match. And it's a shame because not everything didn't go as planned. And really, if I'm being honest, if Shorty G got out early, nobody would have cared. But if Walter getting out early, it's like, oh, why? Yeah. Why? I mean, I'll give credit where credit is due. The right person did eliminate him. Like Drew Mac, like yeah. I could see Drew McIntyre versus Walter as a program. No, me too. And it, it's just... I just wish that it was like maybe four or five eliminations before then. Like you could have had Shorty G be eliminated. You could have had basically the first four to five eliminations, and no, then have Walter go out, and no one would bat an eye. I could have seen Damian Priest getting out early. Yeah, Priest was probably like Priest being the first NXT even, guy to go. Even though he's been great, he's like, been good, no mm-hmm. question. But other than that, towards like once the match started to get going, it just couldn't stop, and it was just amazing. And not to skip all the stuff like all the stare downs and just all the craziness, but the ending with Keith Lee being the sole survivor for NXT, staring down Roman Reigns. And then also Seth Rollins for Raw and SmackDown. Oh, my God. How over is Keith Lee? He's got to be over now. And there's future champion. Oh, yeah. And especially because there are reports that Vince McMahon, of all people, is high on Keith Lee. He basked in his glory. We know how much Vince McMahon loves his big men. Keith Lee fits the mold. The fans seem to really love him. So if you want to build him up as the next nxt champion or after pete dunn i'd see it this may be looking too far in the future but i could definitely see him winning a royal rumble maybe or maybe Ooh. being the finalist in a in the royal rumble I, this year. I could see that too i honestly think that keith lee is going into the royal rumble 
after this, there's no question in my he, mind. He's gonna be like the top. He's gonna be the top like, guy. I I can see Champa being in that match. Oh. I could see Riddle being in that match. I could even see Dijakovic being in that match. Oh yeah, no, there, so many options. You have so many big men. I can even see Walter being that in the Roman match too. But before like we finish like with this though, just in general, I think this may not be the last we see of NXT. No question. We're gonna see. I feel like they're gonna. It's be going to happen. Back. Like this is. Whether you keep this as just a Survivor Series thing or whether you make it a full-time thing where NXT is the legitimate third brand, this is going to keep happening from now on. This is a thing. If it sh- Once we get the money from how much this drew, I feel like this we might— It's got to happen. But going back to what we, we talked about before, I could genuinely see a takeover WrestleMania. Maybe not even have a takeover this year. Just have it be— merged with wrestlemania it's, and that way you could almost have the crowd the same energy throughout oh yeah i i, I mean i could see it i don't think you want to have it like a year-long thing because you want to keep nxt as its own thing you want to keep that right sort of atmosphere around it but for moments like wrestlemania or the royal rumble or survivor series may that's what you do for the big pay-per-views from now on is you have nxt you have that presence. Money in the bank. Money in the bank, even having having an NXT Money in the Bank. I could see do that. Do it. I'd be I'd be game. Mm-hmm. But um, one more needs to be said. Keith Lee hitting the spare bomb on Rollins and then pinning him. That was top tier moment. That was that was the moments that broke Seth Rollins yep. as a VR. And then and then also just his stare down with Roman Reigns even though Roman won yeah. and I'm not and I'm not mad that Roman won I mean it won. was a good match it was good like I, if, I'll I'd take it if this was Philadelphia he probably would have been booed which yeah. I even which even then I would have been like hey that hey man that's not like, yeah, I don't do that it. to him but just to, just to show respect just how over he is not only did it make Roman look good but it made Keith Lee look even greater it did because no question. That, because now like we wa- now we want to see Roman Reigns versus Keith Lee. Yeah, they could have easily put Champa as the last guy, but when you really look back at just how over Keith Lee was, there's no question they made the right. And it probably would have had the same effect, but just have, but just doing his Keith Lee, and it's just like one. Of, I want to say one of the quintessential indie, indie, one of the quintessential indie guys for a while. Just someone we never thought we see on WWE. It's just amazing. Yeah, but bask in his glory chants that were that was, that was <laughs> during great. the final three when they were just singing to it. I was like, yes. Oh, that was keep going with this, Chicago. Keith, Keith Lee keep is keep on, keep on keeping on. But um, oh yeah, no, this was a good, this was a great match. And honestly, these two, these two Survivor Series matches, I feel like are on par for being like the top ten or five Survivor Series matches. Nice. Because these are really good. High praise. Yeah, no. No, like oh that we should do that next time. A top a top ten list for oh, yeah, no question. pay-per-views. That would be no fun. No question. That if that's want, a topic. If you want to see that, let us know. Or hear that, I should say. I keep thinking we're like on camera, but no, it's, <laughs> it's all audio. There's nothing here. We're coming at you through the to the sound of the audio. So what am I saying? I don't know. Moving on. Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. That was a pretty good match. Better match than anticipated. It was. It. I mean, it could have easily been a slaughter. Yeah. And it kind of was at the beginning. But then you had 
Ray Mis- them kind of throwing shade at AEW a little bit. That with was Dominic I, and the towel spot. I actually thought that was pretty funny. That yeah. was not gonna lie. And then they really even good. uh I think WWE's Twitter even said something about that. I was like, Yeah, we don't throw in the towel people. here in the WWE. It's like, ooh. Yeah. And then the double low blows, the pipe shots from Ray, the, the double chair six, shot from Dominic. The double six one nine. That's what I'm that's what I feel like we're gonna remember for the double a long six time. one nine and double frog splash. I know Dominic is probably on his way to WWE at some point, and giving him moments like this, he, could he actually did the 619 really well. It looked, I'm going to be openly honest with you there. And honestly, and this might not be a fair comparison, but it looked like how Cesaro would do his. That is true. And like just how like powerful it Because I honestly feel like Dominic kind of got a little carried away with it because it looked like he actually just went and kicked him in yeah. like that come around. But it was really good. And I mean- the, Maybe it's just me, but I wouldn't mind mm. seeing Dominic be this hybrid of Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. Like, the frog splash <clears throat> was kind of more similar to Guerrero's than Mysterio's, I would say. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, remember the legends. Maybe maybe mix up with some... Uh... Oh, some uh, Pentagon because that's what I was. Ooh, that's what I was. Yes. That sounds so weird to say about Dominic Mysterio, <laughs> but the way he was just in that moment, I was like. Huh, I could totally see him being like their, not their Pentagon, but just like in that league of just a mix of just, like you said, Eddie and Ray, but also with a little bit of just that brutality since he is bigger. Yeah, a mix of those, a mix of the top Lucha Libre guys. Yeah. (laughs) Really get that going. Just put them all in the blender and you get Dominic Mysterio. I mean, honestly, the future looks bright for him. I mean, at first, if you told me that Dominic Mysterio would be in the WWE, I would have been like, okay. Maybe put him in NXT for a little bit and we'll see. But And maybe that's still the right option to go with. But the moments like this where you show what he can do, I'm down. I, I liked see, it. I wouldn't mind seeing him feud with it. I really with, liked it. I wouldn't mind seeing him feud with Angel Garza. Yep. That will be good. And, on the, and when he gets to the main roster, have him feud with Andrade. Or Humberto Carrillo. That will yeah. be good. Oh, yeah. And then going on to the last match. And one that I've seen and heard that's like is the probably the one of the worst matches, but I don't think so. It just got it's just like the same as like just yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bad match, and we're talking about the women's uh, the women's match for brand supremacy. Shayna Baszler, Becky Lynch, and Bailey. Yeah, the right person won. Baszler winning that was great. She looked dominant as all hell, which is what she should have done. But nothing could be really nothing bad can be said about the match. It's just. Maybe it should have gone on. Maybe the women's Survivor Series match could have been moved first, and then the women's uh, the women's championship match could be moved to the very first match of the card. But I know know. you mentioned this off camera to me before that we could have gotten a spot of the old four four horsewomen and the new four horsewomen at War Games or something. Honestly, the fact that this match was last, I was thinking that was going to happen right at Survivor Series. Everybody was thinking it was either Rondo like, or some. You or give a spot like this. You give the main event spot to these women, and they deserve it. No question. No question. But when you have a match like this in the end, you're get, there are expectations. And it it was a good match, objectively it was. speaking. But when Becky had that spot at the end where she was just going at Baszler at the end, like when she was like just before she was 
going to hit that centon through the table, I was ready for bad reputation to hit. Yeah, I feel like I that's was where everybody ready was to go, for. and then just having them attack Becky and Bailey, then Charlotte and Sasha come out, and we have our four horsewomen staring off, and building the WrestleMania program just from that. Yeah, no, it's. That's what I was expecting, although I guess that's kind of a case of expecting too much. Yeah, I I don't want to say it was like high expectations, but it kind of was. It's like it's like when you're waiting for a video game and you get a patch and you're always expected to be like, oh, it's going to do A, B, C, D, all the way to the X, Y, and Z. And it doesn't. And it only meets it only meets it meets it only meets W x and y it's like well what's the point yeah but no i feel like for what it is the match was great there's no knock on the talent at all or the rest or the women involved but it's just placement and i think the crowd were unfairly out of it because there's a there's a difference between burnout which we saw at wrestlemania versus not caring and i feel like they were in the not caring part and it it surprised me because usually chicago is really good with even even when stuff goes long or, like, even when you saw some takeovers go long, it's just they're still into it. And Maybe. I feel like it just felt off where it's like, really? You're going to do that to Baszler, Becky, and Bailey? I, I could have said Bailey to a degree where it's like, yeah, we don't really care about her heel turn or whatever. But to to Becky and Baszler, who are, like, the top women in their respective brands, it just, it just felt awkward. And it felt like it felt like the wrong place, wrong time, like – I get it. You're probably tired, but don't be chanting CM Punk or be like boring or not caring. It's like, really? Yeah. I mean, part of me thinks that the match placement wasn't a good idea. I I mean, to be honest, you could have put this match in the place of the men's match of the men's survivor series match. Have that have been, be the main event instead. And, no, and I honestly think that this match would have been okay in that spot. Yeah, I mean, you would have seen people more into it. You would have seen them more receptive. But then, would, but then, would people Maybe. have been more mad though? Like, if it was the end, if we got the same ending with Keith Lee and Roman Reigns, Roman winning. Uh, maybe I feel like that that would have made them turn maybe. more. But I feel like just replace the women's mat, women's Survivor Series with the women's match here, and that probably would have been better because yeah. it would be, it would be the same result: NXT winning true and it would probably just i don't know it it's a shame but it is what it is but i hopefully this doesn't dampen the hype for our program between all three of them because i would love to see this again for a wrestlemania yeah, match. i i don't think there's any question that they're probably going to be willing to try again because the the fact that baszler won the match but becky was still standing tall they set up the program we know this by now the seeds have been planted and we could only wait and see Yep. And going on to our closing segment of the show, Derek. Yes, sir. What has to be your match of the weekend from both uh, TakeOver and Survivor Series? Take a wild guess. I don't know. What is it? I mean, match of the year is not something you throw around very lightly. True. But Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne, again, I can't say enough good things about the match it's i mean chicago was where john cena and cm punk had their amazing match at money in the bank in 2011 i almost felt like from a storytelling perspective this match was just as good wow and that's me being completely honest like there was a clear story that was being told 
both competitors performed very well in those perspectives and they brought a lot of spots and the fans were receptive the crowd loved every second of it ate it up and i'm just so happy that nxc finally got its moment in the sun this is this is probably one of its defining moments no definitely i mean i have to agree but i agree with match of the year but i would say my favorite match as of right now staring with war games has to be the men's takeover the men's war games match that was insane from non from the not only the surprise return of kevin owens to nxt but just the destruction the high-paced energy the ending sequence it was just phenomenal wrestling and makes and it just makes you feel proud to be an nxt fan or just a wrestling fan in general that's true and And, adam cole was in both our matches yeah so big Big weekend for him. And then also, too, my favorite Survivor Series, uh, my my favorite match for Survivor Series has to be the women's match because that set, that set the bar, I feel, not only for the the night, but just for the for Survivor Series matches going forward. That's how you do storytelling. That's how you do underdog, uh, underdog storytelling and really just shows like how when a Survivor Series match is good, it's great and we remember it. And... Not a knock to the men's match, but there was just like the opening set that kind of dampens it for me. It's a close second between it's a close like first and second for those two, in my That's opinion. Fair. But just from top to bottom, the women's match was just great. Everything made sense. It was fluid. Just the whole storytelling and what it means, showing how re- great Rhea Ripley is and how she should be a champion right now, like she should have been a champion yesterday. But this was a this was a great week of wrestling no question and unfortunately that will do it for us here and i want to say thank you for i guess putting up with us and our opinions and just listening to us and inviting us into your lives into your into your ears into that sounds weird (laughs) that sounds weird but (laughs) just thank you so much for taking time to listen to our show and yeah we'll be back We'll be back when we'll be back, right? (laughs) Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys in in the next episode. See you soon. Take care.